Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, some recovery, and lots of dumb shit. I'm Dave. My name's Chris. And we are in Southampton. Yeah, Southampton, New York. Kicking it like good fellas. Why like good fellas? That's what rap guys say when they feel like they're wealthy. Oh. They're kicking it like good fellas. But that might be I've never old. heard that. Well, maybe I made it up. Yeah. But, um... Chris's is, his family is so wealthy. What? Why do you harp on this so that much? In this the bathroom, in the bathroom, the the toilet cleaner is motorized. <laughs> I never saw one of those before. What? The no, toilet cleaner, you have a switch on it. No, there's yeah. None. You want to try to get it? No. <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Hold on. <laughs> no. He's got a motorized toilet brush. Well, we should take a picture of this for Instagram. It's also made of gold. <laughs> You're such an idiot. But my family is not that wealthy. This is all just part of. Dave's elaborate plan to somehow put me down or something. His family is so wealthy, he's got a toilet brush made of gold. Let me see. Ah, dude, you're getting toilet water all over the table. In my phone. <laughs> oh, it's out, of ju- it's out of juice. Oh, hold on. It's not working. Here, hold it up for pictures. His parents aren't as wealthy as I thought. <laughs> this, this toilet brush can't hold a charge. Hold it up a little bit like that, yeah. Am I in the picture? You're in the picture. Now get some shit. We have toilet water literally on Dave's phone, sitting on the glass on his phone and all over the table, which we've been eating off of. Why is it wet? Were you using it? Did you clog the toilet? I, I was cleaning my mouth out. <laughs> I, I, I felt like my mouth was But dirty. why is it wet? Nobody's been here forever. I don't know. That's a, good, that's a really good question. The other question is why are there you, gourds? You didn't use it? Get that no. Bit. No. Why are there gourds on the on the... Steps if nobody's been here. Is there some sort of decorator who comes by to make sure it's seasonally fit? Do you think if you showed up in December, there'd be a wreath out there? There's a guy who comes by. No, we come down here sometimes. I mean, I've been down here. We had done Christmas here because we can't do it in Boston. His family is so wealthy that there is a life-size ceramic rooster sitting on the counter over there that used to be their rooster. And they, they played it in clay. You see the ceramic rooster? That's fancy. So this girl said that we're welcome to say hi. Should we say hi for a second? What? Read it. All right. I'm just studying still. All right. Listen. <laughs> Dopey Nation. First of all, I, I do not judge Chris based on his wealth, but it's fun. to. I mean, a motorized toilet cleaner is a pretty interesting thing. It is pretty cool. You know, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, secondly, Chris <laughs> is a wonderful guy. I just want to say, like, all jokes aside... Like, Chris, you're a wonderful guy. More than that, you're a great partner. You're to- buttering me up to say something bad. Everything's bad. I'm just saying <laughs> something good. And it's not about, to, I, I need to butter you up. Yeah. No. I just want to say this, that this project, Dopey Podcast, yeah. has been a joy. Yeah. And one of the only reasons is because you're such a good partner. He comes through. He does what he says. I'm not leading up to something bad. You should see. <laughs> Just he's on the edge to of drop. The seat. No, he fucking like. For example, I, I drove out. I moved to Long Island, and uh, and Chris lives between Boston and Great Barrington, Massachusetts, and we didn't know where we were going to record. Yeah. So Chris is like, "Well, my parents have a modest country home in, in Southampton. <laughs> Maybe we should go there." And I was like, "Oh, that that could work." So I drive, I leave, uh, now it's my apartment, you yeah. know, but it was my, it used to be my daughter's mother's apartment, but now we live there together. And, uh, and I get halfway and I realize I left the microphone and, and it's like the fucking stormiest night 
ever. It's yeah. so scary on the road. I'm hydroplaning. I'm like, I'm going to die. Yeah. When I when I left the apartment, Linda said to me... And you're me, not a confident driver. No, I'm not, I'm not a confident driver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Linda, Linda's, Linda says to me, my, my, my fiance, she says to me, drive safe. And I said, well, if I die tonight, make sure that they play reggae at my funeral. You're like, make sure they release (laughs) all the new dystopia episodes. (laughs) And she said, said, don't say that. And I said, make sure there's a line. What would you play at your funeral? What would I want to play? Chaka Dimas, Murder, She Wrote. Yeah, Murder, She Wrote. (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was a girl. My name was Maxie. No, I would want to have, well, that was the old joke that I used to say when I'd be getting high with people. I'd be like, I want a band at my wedding. I want a couple of horn players so they can switch it up between slow blues and like dub and like they can play when the saints go marching in or they can play better must come or, you know, some, but like she said, don't say that, you know, cause you know, it's scary if I I die on the road. Anyway, so I'm driving up and I start hydroplaning and I'm like, I never should have mentioned (laughs) reggae at the funeral. But then I, then the next thing that popped in my head was, oh, we're going to record dopey and we haven't recorded in a bit. That's going to be exciting. And then, and then it hit me. No microphone. That I left the microphone in her mm. closet. So I, I try to figure, and I'm so fucking bad at driving and handling the phone at the same time. Not to mention my unlock code is seven digits long. Yeah, why? So I'm like, and then I call Chris and I'm like, I left the microphone at Linda's. And he's like, I reminded you. <laughs> and I, I was like, you twice. Well, he reminded, but weeks ago we yeah. talked, you know, <laughs> anyway. So, um, I'm like, fuck. I was like, I don't think I should, I think I'm going to die. If I turn around, I don't yeah. think I'll make it like it's, and he's like, don't worry. And I'm thinking, I don't care if we have a microphone or not. I don't yeah. mind talking into the computer. I think there's something, you know, old timey about it. Yeah. But Chris, because he's such a diligent partner, goes to Radio Shack and he buys a pair of these little microphones. And uh, it was just very impressive. And then he called me and he's like, I got microphones. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, Chris, he's a good partner. You're a good partner. But then they didn't work. No. They were using them as we're supposed well, to. Well, Chris was really excited. That was probably the most frustrating thing I've dealt with in months. Right. Well, we bought these Which two- means my life is going pretty good. It's- if it was just setting up a couple microphones... Describe what describe the whole thing. I don't know. We got these Radio Shack USB things, and I plugged them both in. So there's one for Dave and one for me, but only one of them would work. And then I used audio MIDI to aggregate the sound. But just don't be nation. You should work. know <laughs> that when Chris is taking the microphones out of the box, so these two little microphones, his eyes are lighting up <laughs> because he's imagining a microphone in front of each of us. And I remember when Modi, this horrible comedian, came on our show, he told us that he had this equipment and Chris's eyes lit up then because Chris has this fantasy of us having real equipment. We each have a microphone and it's like a real thing. Don't you have this fantasy? I, what I, my true fantasy is it's not about individual microphones so much as it's about having a glass mirror somewhere with somebody on the other a side. A glass mirror. You know what I mean? Like a one-way or a, gla- a two a gla- a <laughs> piece of glass. A piece of glass. <laughs> okay. A piece of glass with some guy on the other side with like levers and Who's like, the guy? I don't know. Is it some John? guy, but he's helping us. And, and he's, he's doing us. something and we're in the other room talking and we can like look in. He can't hear us, you know what I mean? He can hear us, we can't hear him, and we like give him the thumbs we up. Get- and he gives us a thumbs up. Like, like the that. picture of you when, when you're twelve. When yeah, you're like that. Yeah. If that happens, like then we have arrived if that happens if that happens like that for me Artie is, Lang is sitting on his couch 
talking into one of these bad boys making $77,000 a month. Yeah, but he's not talking into one of these you bad You don't boys. think so? <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, man. Artie Lang. Yeah, Artie, what's up, homie? You listening? Please. <laughs> what do we have to do? I've, we, we, we will get... If, oh, wait. We know what to do. What? We have a fucking what? line to Artie. We what? know what, what... Someone in the Dopey Nation knows what building Artie lives in. Should we read that email right now? We have to read that email. Come really? on, it's, it's pertinent. This is really cool. So It was um, in his second email, though. Read both of them. We talk about synchronicity a lot. Um, this guy emailed us, and um, he started talking about Artie Lang. And it was really funny because Dave and I were like, how are we going to get Artie on the show? Like, we have got to figure something out. So we were going to do something like create, like, a big whiteboard with like, like kind of like an SVU or Criminal Minds, like a case. You know what I mean? Like they're and like or the Artie, wire. Artie, I always yeah, pictured yeah, it like Artie, the wire. And Artie's in the middle, and we're taking yarn and putting it to different ways to get to him. So all the fucking idiots that yeah. love Artie are his disciples. <laughs> and then we're taking pictures of it and tagging him, and just hopefully trying to get his. Um, but the thing about that wait, is, what was what was is this Billy Baru? Yeah, all we would have to do. I can say that full name, right? Is go. Yeah, it's a fake name. Is go where Artie's playing. His dates are listed. We don't need to set up a big target board, but it would be fun. Um, okay, here I'm going to read this. Okay, all right. Blah um, blah blah. It's not his. This is a later one. No, but. read the first one. The first one's rules. What was the first one? The first one's really good. The most recent one's pretty good. They're all good. I, I love his emails. We have too many emails for me to find it. I, I just found this one, and it's I'll like, find it. oh wait, no. If I if I found this one, his most re, his old one should be in the same email, right? No. Maybe. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. All of them are in here. There's been a lot of them, but should I start at the beginning? Yeah, the best, the first one's the best one. Okay. Gentlemen, three weeks ago, I was searching for a podcast to support my recovery from mainly cocaine addiction. I stumbled across your podcast and took a listen, and I was hooked. But here's the thing. I haven't used since I started listening to you guys, which was almost every day. And so I'm wondering why this is working for me. Two facts. Number one, I hate meetings. Nothing triggers me more than going to AA meetings. It makes me feel trapped in some sort of society that I want no part of. Two, I feel the opposite when I listen to your podcast. I feel calm, cleansed. Okay. Cleansed. He's (laughs) the only one. (laughs) Why? My theory is that I relate very closely to you guys, mainly because you are so honest and you remind me of my friends back home in southern Ontario. I think we're around the same age. Through your hilarious stories, I'm able to process my euphoric recall without having to do the drug. It's cathartic. Mm. You love that word, cathartic. You when guys, do I ever say I've heard cathartic. you say it several times. You guys are really funny and entertaining as well. I mean really funny. I was on the bus home the other day and was laughing out loud at Thunder Dan Marley's story. Nobody calls him Thunder Dan. Thank you so much for this podcast. I'm through the first 18 or 20 episodes and intend on going through all of them. And if you ever need a random guest, I work in Midtown Manhattan. Thank you, Billy Baru. Um, and then I wrote him. And then um, should I read the – I mean there's another one before the Artie one. Yeah, read it. All right. Oh, by the way, before you read it, we just want to say like the, the amount of feedback that we've been getting lately is just so huge and so good – that we're going to try to designate a lot of this episode to reading some emails. So that's why we're reading so many emails. Totally. Um, well, should I read what I wrote him? And it, 
If anybody in the Dopey Nation wants a t-shirt or hat, we're thinking about making them. So yeah. let us know. Let us know. Dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Someone said they didn't they can't find the email address. I feel like we put it, we listed. Dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Maybe it's just on iTunes. Okay, so I responded to Billy and I said, What an awesome email. Thank you so much for reaching out. Words such as yours keep us going. It really means a lot. I use that line a lot. I use every email I write. It's true, though. I hear what you were saying about meetings generating cravings. I definitely felt that for certain groups. I'm super happy you like the podcast and that has even been helpful in some way. Please let us know if you would like us to talk about anything on the show. Dave just moved, so we will be recording in New York City less. He still works in the city, but now he's just your average Long Island Jew. Definitely will wow, keep you, in, you wrote that. <laughs> definitely will keep you in mind for when we do them in the city going forward. It just won't be as often. How did you find us? And then writes. You just said his name, you know. Ah, fucking A, dude. What's well, his first name? Um Thanks for the email back. Please don't use my name. (laughs) Then he writes back, uh, Billy Baru, I mean, he writes back and he says, Thanks for the email back. After listening to you and Dave over the last three weeks, I must admit it's very surreal to hear from you. To answer your question, I found Dopey by putting in the search words cocaine, drugs, recovery (laughs) into my podcast app on the iPhone. I was disappointed at first when I first heard you guys, because it seemed like you weren't taking things seriously. But then there was this captivating sense of realness with you guys. So I kept listening and I found myself LOLing. Dave likes that term. And so I kept listening. Then I wondered if this was actually hurting my sobriety, but it didn't. Ironically, it helps. I relate to the depravity of your rehab stories because I've been there. The details and observations of these stories are so vivid that it brings me back to those times. That's what makes it so funny. And Dave's incessant interrupting forces you to flesh or flush out every detail, which makes it even funnier. Here's the thing. You and Dave are extremely likable. And so there's this dichotomy between the person and the behavior. I can tell that you are both super intelligent, compassionate, sincere people. And yet your past behavior is, according to society, so reprehensible. I've wrestled with this in my own life. How can I be a good person? He's wrestled or wrestled? He's wrestled. How can I be a good person and such a fucking dirtbag at the same time? And so your podcast illustrates exactly this, that the addiction will take your behavior on sometimes uncontrollable, abhorrent behavior trips, but the person at the core of your existence still remains inside. I think that's a big part of the relief I feel when I listen to Dopey. Okay, sorry to be so existential, but I am grateful that I found Dopey, and for what it's worth, it's helping me enjoy a period of sobriety. At the very least, it's extremely entertaining. I also want to compliment you, Chris, on the telling of your LSD boxer shorts story. That was captivating, especially when you recounted how you made eye contact with yourself. Incredible. You two should have a talk show on Adult Swim, for example. And they animate your stories, just like the Ricky Gervais podcast several years ago. That would be a bullseye hit. Anyways, thanks again. He's right. What a nice email, too. Yeah. Um, and then I'm just going to I'm gonna skip... Um, your response? Yeah, I'm going to skip... Thank you. All right, and then... We, Dear Billy, thanks for the email. It really keeps us going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such words keep us going. Um, and so uh, we talked about Artie for some reason. Or he said that because we talked about Artie on the show... He wrote this email, and it's ironically, he heard us talking about Artie in the show, and he wrote this to us. And at the same time, Dave and I had recently been talking about how we're going to get Artie on. And so, we were talking about, I said to Chris, maybe I even said it on the air, but I said, we should just go to Hoboken and like wander around and ask yeah. people, you know, if they know where Artie might be or. 
Whatever. And for the Dopey Nation, not in the, like the tri-state area. Hoboken is part of New Jersey, but it's like right across, um, is it the Hudson or the East River? The Hudson. The Hudson. And um, also for the, the people yeah, Hudson. for uh, the people who are unfamiliar, Artie Lang is this genius comedian who used to be on the Howard Stern Show who was a horrible drug addict, gambling addict, possibly sex addict, debaucherous, hysterical comedian who... Uh, Wound up overdosing while on Stern, and then uh, actually attempting suicide and losing his job. And yeah. and he was an amazing breath of fresh air to Howard Stern. I love Stern either way, but Artie is the best. Yeah. If you guys are unfamiliar, he has a a podcast that has some free episodes. It's Artie Quitter uh, podcast, and it's pretty good. Yeah. I love Artie. Yeah. All right. So he writes Billy Barrow. He said, "So random story. I went to my buddy." My buddies in Hoboken tonight. Again, Hoboken is right next to New York City. Um, so random story. I went to my buddies in Hoboken tonight. On my way through the lobby, I pass this fat, bum-looking guy eating chips or whatever. I do a double take, and I think it's Artie Lang. Well, it was Artie Lang. I asked my buddy, and he confirmed that he lived in the building. I was so tempted to ride back down the elevator and tell him about Dopey and how Dave, someone I don't even know who... Would love to have him as a guest on his podcast. I chickened out as I realized how retarded I would have sounded. But small world. Please tell Dave his interruptions are not bothersome. Instead, they are somewhat genius, in my humble opinion. That's nice. Thank you. Side note. In 1997, there was a guy who had a small following of people online. I used to read his blog every week. He got bigger. He got a bigger following, like 500 people, and then it got bigger. And it snowballed. His name is Bill Simmons, and you guys remind me of him a lot. Truthful, funny... Irreverent. Keep it going. Who knows how far you'll go? This guy's awesome, dude. He is. He's a good dude. But so, dude, anyways, we should. Uh, well, we should try to send this to Artie, even though there's no way. We by can the get way, in front though. By the way, this is the second time that. First of all, the f- first of all, Billy. Don't feel bad. I wish you had gone up to him and said something. Yeah. But don't feel bad because I know another person that got close enough to Artie <laughs> to take a picture with him. No, I, I gave him a dopey card. Uh, but Dave's did, talking about me. Yes, but what did you say? I, uh, so yeah, what happened? No, no, no. Uh, I've told uh, this. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I, I have this podcast. No, I've told I think this. you're I, really funny. And, <laughs> and, you, know, you take a picture with me, please. I've told this on dopey. So I went to come. I was spending the night at Dave's house with another guy and um who was on dopey and i accidentally deleted the episode which we've talked about ad nauseum so anyways i went to comedy cellar and i, don't I was think like we talked about ad nauseum but we did talk about it we talked about times. it a bit and so anyways i went to comedy cellar with this guy at like midnight and i was like dave come to comedy cellar and dave's like it's too late he's like i'm only going if Artie lang's gonna be there and I'm like, come on, just go. And so we go there, and there's a surprise appearance by Artie Lang. It was more like one in the morning. It, it was, was like late. it was, late. It was and, late. And for everybody listening, Comedy Cellar is like this little um, place on McDougal Street in the village. It's like 50 people it's max. It's the place that is in the opening of Louis C.K. It's the place that's in the opening of Louis C.K., but it's like a $15 cover charge, and it's 50 people. You know what I mean? So it's like um, it's cheap to go there, and they get surprise celebrity I guest appearance. I can't believe that I didn't go. Yeah, so he didn't go. So anyways, Artie shows up and I'm fucking so excited. I'm going nuts because I'm like, mostly just because I'm like, Dave. He wants me to feel bad. And I just want to get, that's all it was. I wanted Dave to feel bad. So like, <laughs> in my head, I was just like, like, 
you know, part of it was like, I got to tell him about Dopey and hopefully he'll come on. But that was secondary to getting a picture with him because all I could think was like, Dave's going to wake up tomorrow morning and see a picture of me with Artie Lang. So after the show, I see him. I run up to him. I'm like, Artie, can I get a picture? I don't even give him time to respond. He's smoking a cigarette and I just stick out my camera and take a selfie with him. And then afterwards, I was just like... Here, I do this podcast. It's about <laughs> drugs. And I hand it to him. And he actually stopped and he read it. I, this is what he, you know what he said? He goes, wait. He goes, and I'm like walking away. He goes, wait. And I go, what? And he's like, what's your name? I'm like, oh, I'm Chris. <laughs> and I walked away. Like, there was like ample opportunity in Windows to like expand upon what it is. You know, he probably thinks it's some like recovery 12 step thing. Why? When he looks at a red card <laughs> with OJ Simpson <laughs> nodding out as the O, I don't think he's going to confuse it with that sober guy. Yeah, but he doesn't know what it is. You know what I mean? Like the, the picture doesn't really It really does. The picture like reads poison. It does not read recovery. <laughs> It does, but it doesn't it doesn't show the darkly comedic aspect. I think of it does. You think I, so? I think it. To- I think it, Ryan totally. Captured. He nailed it. He hit it out of the park. With yeah, that. he totally captured the the, the essence of Ryan Dopey is our graphic designer with, really. with that with that one image. I really do. I think it. When I when we we were like, I'm going to tell this story again just for the hell of it. When, <laughs> we're when, just retelling shit. Who cares? We're episode 55 too. episodes yeah. in, you know, whatever. Yeah. It'll be, they'll, they'll feel like it's nostalgia for them. Yeah, and they're not going to remember anyways. Who cares? I don't even remember and I tell it. Um, so me and Chris were going to like, Chris, Chris sees my, I had this stupid t-shirt company and Chris is like, I don't think this one's going to work, Dave, but I know eventually one of your ideas <laughs> is going to work and I want to be a part of it. And I said, all right, well. Why don't you come over and we'll do a podcast about horrible drug stories? No, be- no, no, no. You said that later. I said that I wanted to do something with you like months, if not a year, before we ever got into the podcast. Right. And I, I remember just saying, I was like, I want to do something. And then your cookies, all your stupid shit you're always doing. I'm like, it sounds fun. And I think something will stick eventually. Right. And I want to be a part of it. So months later, it crosses my mind to do a podcast about drugs based on an idea my friend Brad had years before. Yeah. And um, and I, I was like, Chris, why don't we do a, pod- a podcast about our drug stories? And why did you call me? Because you're the worst of the worst. <laughs> you know? No, because like... Because well, we just do dopey, anyways. No, but also like <laughs> we do it before we our, ever had the idea. Of dopey. But it's like you can have a conversation with drug addicts, but it's not. We have a dynamic, and I'm not saying our dynamic is the greatest dynamic in the world. I'm just saying we have a dynamic where I know that I can say things that make you laugh. Yeah, you know, and you can say things that will shock me, and like you know that I'm in it for the story. Yeah, so you'll give me all the descriptors, and then I'm going <laughs> to ask, I'm going to dissect the descriptors. Yeah. It's just that is why I knew it would work, and also I know that like when I cut you up, you think it's funny. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I just knew it would work anyway. We were going to call... I actually feel uncomfortable when you don't cut me up, just so you know. Well, it's because you're sitting there waiting for the fucking sword to be plunged into your neck. Um, that's what it is. You don't feel uncomfortable. You're like, when's he going to cut me up? You know? Um, and I don't always do it. I no, really you don't. don't. No, you um, don't. But, so, I was like... I was like, fuck... And I, and I was six months clean at that time. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it... We should just call the show War Stories because the show is just going to be war stories. That's it. Just drugs. 
that's it. Yeah. The worst drug stories ever. And then our logo could be like dudes holding guns, but the guns are needles. Oh, yeah, I remember that you idea. Know? Yeah. And, um, and it'll just be war stories. And then you're like, okay. And then we Google war stories and there's like a some podcast. Guy from Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> called war There's stories. two. There's yeah. like a, a war one and then there's some comedian yeah, one too. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and, I guess, and we're like, I guess that's not going to work. And then, um, what, were, what else did we have? What other ideas for the, uh, we didn't. And then we're just no, sitting I there. two dopes talk no, about dope. No, but then we're sitting there and I, and I remember when I would walk to work in the Lower East Side on Clinton street, there's a very like old New York vibe there. There's all these like poor Dominicans and you know, it's like real old school New York there. And, um, like there's junkies in the street then there's kids, there's Lucy spots. There's like, it's just an old yeah. school New York. And there's this kid on the street Wearing a black baseball hat. It's funny, though, because uh, when we get emails from international people who don't want to hear about race. Oh, yeah. We got, well, we got one. Uh, no, but I've, and the Australian, Milsey, said that, too. Like, people, well, uh, international people are so less racist it, it is, it, than Americans. They're so less, and it's so funny, because America, like, technically, it has this sort of, like, theme of being a melting pot and all these different cultures coming together. But it's and, like, people stew. don't realize that there's tons of racism here. But, yeah, but I, I just... But, and, but we're, neither one of us is as little as bit racist. Everybody but it, is But it seeps, everybody is, it's a gradient. But it seeps into your vernacular just as an American, you know? But I, I use, I, I, I talk like that... Not to be racist, but I do it to be descriptive. So yeah. if you walk down Clinton Street and you see a bunch of Dominicans and a bunch of black people, it's not like walking on the Upper East Side where you see a bunch of white people. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that's what you see. And I, it's, it's just to be descriptive. But anyway. Yeah, but also being a New Yorker, I think using ethnicity as a descriptor is more acceptable. Right. Because yes. I've been in the mix. Because yeah. it's like, uh, you know, you're around like every kind of person. Yeah. And uh, and I actually love Dominicans as much as I hate them. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> my, my big shtick at work because I work with tons of Dominican guys, and they're all talking about Trump and how they don't like him. And I was like, dude, if Trump would just build a wall around the Dominican Republic, <laughs> I'd be all for him. Um, but that's a joke. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I'm walking down the street on Clinton Street, and there's this dude uh, wearing a, a black baseball hat with gold letters that says "Dope." Yeah. And I'm like, it was pretty dopey. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty funny because my grandfather would be like, look at this dope. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, and, yeah, and like, yeah. and like old white people like would be like this. Yeah, my parents say dope like that. Look at this dope. Yeah. And then like when we're kids, it's like, yo, that shit is fucking dope. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like that just, I just, and then we, we would shoot dope. What yeah. do you, what's your drug of choice? Dope. Yeah. You know, and it just struck me as like, what an interesting word dope is. Yeah. And, uh, and if you go to California, dope is weed no. or, or, or meth. It's meth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, smoke and shit or smoke dope is smoking meth. What shit? Dope? Meth in California. What if you smoke shit here? I don't know. I never really hear it out here, but it's like I've heard a ton in California. But if you're smoking some good shit out here, it's, it's probably weed. bud. It's weed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but so uh, I was like. I was like, we, me and Chris are sitting in my old living room. Do you miss the old living room? I do. Do you really? Yeah, a little of course. Bit? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I can't believe we're Dave never going to go back. Dave sold that shit-ass couch for $340. I can't believe it. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, we threw that this. It so much sweat fucking in it and cigarette burns and chocolate stains. And, and, uh, and human... Uh, sexual fluids. Maybe. That couch... Okay, that... Before we get back to the history of, the, I was of dopey, grossed out. I the only way I could be comfortable sleeping on that couch was when we put the uh, 
sheet over. I it. made that couch. You so made it up very nice. And like so I usually nice. don't sleep well at other people's house, but Dave actually was I hooked his it very up. generous host. A I hooked considerate it up. host. Yeah, I wanted to yeah. be comfortable. But so fucking uh, I'm moving and I have this I have all this stuff and I was thinking about getting storage. Here's a real tangent. Yeah. But um and um I'm like, wait a sec, I, I love that couch. Yeah. Like it was gross. It did have cigarette burns. It did have lots of stains. I did do tons of drugs on it. I yeah. did masturbate more times than I could possibly count. But wait, when you say you love it, was it for the actual comfort of the couch or was it the emotional attachment to the... I thought it was a good it. couch. It was a good couch. It was a big sectional. It was wide. It was brown. It was comfortable. It was a chocolate brown. It would, it would sit nicely. There's one in thing it. I didn't like about it. Which? Is it separated. When? They're like two pieces would always like kind of come apart. Like it didn't stay together. There was no latch. There was a latch, but it only had one latch. It needed two. Oh, okay. It, it had one latch. But so like I'm thinking, you know, I was going to get a storage place, but then do I pay thousands of dollars a year to store garbage? To store, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, literally, I have this garbage. Yeah. How much am I willing to pay to store it? I can't believe some guy paid 340 bucks for that. But you're blowing the story. There's a great yeah, builder. So, so I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to, I love this couch. I'm going to put it on Craigslist. So I put it on Craigslist and I, and I, I, I lie a little bit. I'd say, uh, I, I bought the couch seven years ago, but I, I said I bought it four years ago. Yeah. And I, and I pay, I did pay a thousand dollars for that couch from Raymore and Flanagan. Maybe it was six years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I said it was four years old, but it was very comfortable, but I took a picture and I, and I put it on Craigslist and I, and I'm thinking, meh, whatever. And, and then all of a sudden ma- mail starts coming through. And first it's all the wave of fucking spam, like trying to get me to go on some site or yeah. do something. And I'm like, I'm never going to sell this couch. And then a couple of other people call and they're like, they're like, I'll give you $200 for it. And then at a no place, somebody's like, I'd like to buy the couch. Can I come and see it? I'm like, Absolutely. The the best looking people I've ever seen show up <laughs> in my apartment. This Irish couple, yeah. they're straight from Ireland. The Irish accent, like deep Irish oh, really? accent. I wish I could do it. I don't know what it is. An Irish, like an, an Irish person from Ireland, like off the boat. I just trust them. So classy. <laughs> I just trust them. <laughs> you know, such a great yeah. accent. Like, I would trust you with my life. And, and these poor bastards <laughs> are coming into my apartment to buy my couch for $400. And I'm like, uh, you know, part, and, I, and I'm, but I'm also super stressed because I'm, I'm, you know, weeks before moving. I have bronchitis. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm like combing through my garbage trying to figure out which garbage I'm supposed to keep and what I'm supposed to chuck. And and these poor bastards show up at the apartment to buy this horrible couch. And I'm just like, I have every pillow turned to show the least <laughs> amount of damage. And, um, you know, just thinking of all the things that have happened, all the, the heroin I shot on that couch. I actually shot ketamine, straight ketamine on that couch. Do you, do you like, have this guy's phone number still? Yeah. You should text him this episode. Uh, Keep going. <laughs> so, so him and his beautiful girlfriend, and he's beautiful. The two yeah. of them are just like fucking yeah. gorgeous. And they like is she Irish too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and she's like wearing a little belly shirt, and he's like Irish James Franco, and they're just fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And, I, and it's just my, my you know my nasty couch. Yeah. And they come over, and they're like they're looking at it, and they're like, and then they start looking at a couch they had just seen. 
and somehow my couch is better <laughs> than the couch they had just seen. And, I'm, and I, in my mind, if it's if it's two days from now, I'll pay somebody fifty dollars yeah. to, <laughs> to help me take it to the garbage. Because you just want to deal with it, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's Wednesday and it's not Friday. And he says, he says, I don't know. He says. I was just at my Irish friend's house, yeah. and he agreed to sell me his couch for $340. And I said, oh, $340? I said, well, I'll do it. And he said, will you help me carry it down the stairs? Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> I was like, you're like, hold on, i got to make some calls. Yeah. I'll just clear this with a few people first. <laughs> you know, he's, he's like, he's like well, I was like, could you, could you give me the money? Before we start carrying it out, did you really say that? No, no, he gave me half the money. Yeah, he just did, and I was glad. I'm crazy. Why do you only give you half? I I don't know. Like maybe he didn't know. I don't know. It was a whole trust thing. Anyway, so and the couch is heavy, and I'm sick, and like we have to, we're carrying in the elevator and doing all this stuff, and the whole time, like I'm not thinking about telling him about. All the drugs I've done, yeah, you know, all of the debauchery. <laughs> Why that's would you be thinking of telling him about that? the couch? But what I am thinking about is that every episode of Dopey up to that point has been recorded on this couch. Yeah, you know, and it's not like Dopey's the Howard Stern show or the Tonight Show, but maybe one day it will be. And this guy has the Dopey couch, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, do I tell him? You know, I'm carrying the couch, like, sweating, sick. I'll tell you what. If Dopey ever gets really, really popular, we'll send him this episode. Agreed? What constitutes really popular? 50,000 downloads per episode. Well, I think I've already lost his information. But let me just tell you. So so he has the, the truck parked outside. We're carrying the couch. And I'm just thinking, like, one you know, one section at a time. I'm like, do I tell him? Maybe I should get all, all all $340 before I tell him. Yeah. Like, does he really need to know? Will that spoil the couch for him? And uh, so we get it on the truck, and, and he's about to leave, and I, I, I just couldn't resist. I was like, listen. Oh, you told him? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> I said, I have this podcast. It's, it's pretty stupid, but every episode has been recorded on your couch, and it's all about horrible drug stories. Um, so... Take a listen. You could tell your friends when they come over. It's a real conversation piece. And what did he say? He said, cool. Did he say he would check it out? I think he said, I'll check it out. <laughs> however an Irish person would say it. That's funny, dude. It is funny. Um, did I ever tell the story? Um, Wait, should we read this email? Which or is this, is this apply to our train of thought? Oh, no, but I didn't finish the first before the tangent. What was the? What were we talking about? We're talking about God, the name of Dopey. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, okay, so we had war stories, two dopes talking no, so about No, so then dope. I was talking about dope, and Chris said, what if we just call it two dopes talking about dope? Yeah. And I said, let's just call it dopey. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like... And it, I wanted to say no, because I, I usually, like, you know, I'll be like, nah, that's not a good idea. And I was like, actually, I kind of like it. <laughs> and then, but it, it, I wasn't sure either. Yeah. Because I also kind of feel like, you know, it's like we're putting ourselves down. By calling the show dopey, like we're not taking it seriously, but that was perfect. But nothing was anything until Ryan made that perfect logo. Yeah, and I just texted him, and the next day he did it. And it was so perfect, and it was just like, bing! Yeah. You know, so thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. And that's the story. But did I ever tell the story about, like, when I was getting dope from this guy, Puma, 
I'll say his name. Can you tell this? Uh, keep going. And, I mean, this, and, this would be a good segue into uh, the flaming couch cushion story. That wasn't the story I was going to tell. I know, but I'm just saying. Unless this segues into the story you were going to well, tell. Well, it's funny. No, I was going to tell this story about when, like, he like there started to be no dope in the heroin, and the heroin just turned out to be ketamine. Did I ever tell what? you that no, story? No, I never heard that. So, like, I didn't know about it, and, like, <laughs> I would be shooting the ketamine. Yeah, shooting ketamine is, like, uh... I would get so fucking fucked up. Yeah. And I would, like, I, what would happen is I would shoot the, the, the ketamine, and, like, I would be sitting on the, the same couch, and I would... I would start nodding and like, like blacking out. Hole. But I was so limber from the ketamine that I forward rolled off the couch onto the floor. So my head, I went super flexible. Like a somersault? Yeah, my <laughs> head tucked in. I wake up on the ground flat on my back. Yeah. You know, like just rolling off the couch. Because <laughs> of the limberness. Yeah. And then, and then the next time... Uh, I start sleepwalking on the ketamine, yeah. and I woke up. I might have told this story yeah. uh, on Dopey. I don't know. Yeah. I woke up outside my apartment, yeah. uh, in my pajamas at three in the morning, no shoes, really, because I had just slept, walked through the apartment, and then I wake up. I wake up from the sound of me closing the door and locking it. <laughs> Wait, that's what like made you come to? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pulling the door closed in my hallway on the third on the it was across the street. I pull my door closed on the ninth floor and when the door clicks locked, I come to. And I'm standing there looking around like what the fuck happened? So I'm locked out in my apartment, barefoot, pajama pants, t-shirt, like what, what did you go to the building manager? I went downstairs and I called my father. <laughs> I said, Dad, I don't know what happened. I slept, walked, and I, I need you to bring the keys. Oh, my God. At 3 in the morning, my 69-year-old father, <laughs> you know, oh, my God. And, and they had the keys. I could have called. It was like I had just moved there and I didn't know the protocol and I was high. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, so you could have just got it from somebody there. Horrible. That's funny. Horrible. I came to once in um, Washington, D.C. airport. With them saying my name on the loudspeaker, and I had a ticket to go to Boston, and I didn't know how I got there. Why were they saying your name? Because I had bought a ticket to go to Boston. I had gone through security. The whole plane had boarded, and I was the last person not on the plane, and they knew I had like got the ticket and was there, so they were saying Chris O. You were the last person. I was the last person, and I was sitting in the chair that was closest to the podium, like where you like check in like to finally get on the, what's it called? The... T- Tarmac. What the hell is this? Tarmac? The, the little tunnel, you know? And I was the gangplank? The, the gangplank. What is it called? I don't know. Gangway? The thing Jim Carrey falls off and Dumb and Dumber, that thing. Um, I never saw that movie. Are you serious? Yeah. Classic, dudes. Um, we could have called Dopey Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> um, so anyways, uh, she's saying, my, they're saying Chris, I come, I hope my eyes are saying Chris or Chris O'Connor. And, uh, you just keep saying your name. Oh, fuck. Fuck. <laughs> God damn it. Getting comfy. God damn it, man. Getting comfortable. That's so much fucking work. Mm. Ugh, and I'm not going to remember. I'm getting really lazy with... Well, you have, you have to bleep uh, Billy Baru's real name <laughs> and your own name. What? What are you doing? Well, I, I think he's all right if we just say... Why do you... Th- no, I don't think so. Ugh. You just did it again. Why? <laughs> I just hate doing work, like going through and you have to... You know, I, it's funny because I haven't made any of these mistakes lately. You haven't. You've been good about it. 
So anyways, yeah, they, I had a ticket to go to Boston from D.C., and I didn't know why, and um, so I just went to Boston. <laughs> and then went back to D.C. the next day. I was living in D.C. But you don't know why you were there? I vaguely know. Why were you there? So I had gotten in a big fight with my high school girlfriend, and I think I was like, I'm getting out of here or something like that. I don't know, dude. It was like, it's just some drastic thing I was probably doing that I did in a blackout. And then I was, when I came to. And you woke up in DC or you woke up in I Boston? I woke up in DC at the airport with them saying my name over the loudspeaker to board. And I was like. You were living in DC. I was living in DC. Right. And I was like, what am I. I'm going home. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing? And then I was like, I guess I'll go. And so I just went there. Had a home cooked meal and came back the next day. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Should you tell? Should you tell? Do you want to do the iTunes review of the week and then we're going to call Ryan? And then we got to read that one email. Which one? The one about the microwave. Oh, but we got to. Look where we're at. Oh yeah, we got to call Ryan. Should I, should I burn through this email real quick? No. Are you sure? We need to get more. We have so many emails to read. Um. No, I say no. Okay. Uh, iTunes review of the week. If anybody wants their review, because we read, had we had two emails already. I mean, they're both from Billy Baru, but so what? Um, if there's any emails, I mean, if there's anybody listening who would like to have something read on here, post an iTunes review of the week, or an iTunes review, or an email at dopeypodcast at gmail dot com. We're trying to get through the emails, you know. But more likely, I mean, if you post the review, it'll likely get read. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't know what it is with these reviews. What about it? They're important. Why don't me. you read some, one of the many ones that I faked through the guys I work with, like Mikey Loves Fries. Oh, is that one of your guys? Yeah. There's like four in a row that I just did. How many people of our reviews would you say are people you got? Me? Yeah. Six. Um, okay. So Maybe five. 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 All right, I'm trying to do a longer one. I'll do this one. This one, uh, October 20th, which is what, yesterday? Something, two days ago. Sometime recently. Okay. Not that long ago. I mean, when this airs, it'll be a while ago. Yeah. Um, this person says, Dopey Nation, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Dope podcast. Just found you guys like two days ago. Listen to your first and most recent podcast, and now I'm subscribed. Awesome work. Keep it up. Great stories. And I hope you fucking appreciate this review. Heard y'all getting upset at the lack of reviews. Anyways, don't stop, dudes. Keep telling these stories. I love them. Nice review. Yeah. And that's the Dopey Podcast review, review of, the week. of the week. And now we're going to call my old roommate... Uh, Ryan, uh, who is a uh, conspiracy theorist. This has nothing to do with drugs. We're just calling his any person, right? Is that is that what's going on now? Uh, he's not a stranger to drug use. But he's not afflicted. Well, he's possibly afflicted. He's a stoner, that's for goddamn sure. Hello. Hey. Welcome to Dopey. The podcast about drugs, recovery, and dumb shit, and conspiracy theories. How are you, Ryan? Great. How are you, Dave? I'm good. Great to hear from you. <laughs> Always good. And this is Chris. Hey, Ryan. What's up, dude? Hi, Chris. Nice to 
to finally meet you. Yeah. yeah. You sound very tired, Rye. No, I'm not. It, I was just actually doing a bunch of uh, reading and stuff, so it's kind of a... Uh, You should do like a guided imagery podcast. You have a great voice for it. What would that be? What would that be? Like the bubbling brook, like winds down the mountain. (laughs) A guided what? Guided guided imagery. It's like a type of like meditation, some people say, where you just like listen to somebody describe things. It puts people to sleep a lot, though. What were you guys just talking about? I don't know. I don't even know. We've been going for a bit, but we just Chris, been rambling. Chris was talking about uh, how he. Uh, well, first I was telling a story about how I blacked out, or how I shot ketamine and I woke up outside of my apartment and locked out of my apartment, and I had to call my dad to let me in, and that uh, you know from across town at three in the morning, and that prompted Chris to tell a story about. Uh, Waking up uh, about to abort an airplane, about to board an airplane and not knowing where he was when he woke up because somebody called him on a loudspeaker. But um, so Ryan, I met in 1992 in Ithaca, New York, Mm. and we started a band together. And Ryan was total straight edge then. And now Ryan's this horrible. uh, Is he the guy you wrote Good So Bad with? No. Oh, no. Uh, but me and Ryan played in, in, a, in a couple and, of games. Uh, he used to live across the hall from me in the dorm, and then uh, maybe about half the year into the first school year became, I was actually, my roommate was this uh, pretty insane, flamboyant uh, gay guy named Trevor from New York. Yeah, and uh, he kind of left school pretty early, and Dave became my roommate. Um, and became my best friend at school and uh, Dave introduced me to a lot of stuff it was the uh, I remember going over to Dave's room one of the first times and he had a Bob Marley Uprising posters the first time I'd ever even seen Bob and uh, he was playing some really old school whaler stuff and uh, we hit it off from there I was really listening to old school soul and uh, more rock but Dave introduced me to everything to do with reggae ska and Dave was in a band at that time we started a, a 13 piece soul band like uh the blues brothers and ithaca and we would say we would ryan would like like he was like one of these band leaders and he would like kick people out of the band if they did the wrong thing and like he would dock <laughs> their pay and like if you're late you can't come back he was hardcore and and we would sell it into post-college working on uh, his television show and uh, and I've been seeing the beginning of I guess the uh, the downfall and then his complete turnaround so it's uh, you know it's been I think it's amazing where he's at now I'm you know I always support everything that he's doing right on Ryan that's very sweet <laughs> Ryan worked when I when I had that TV show back in the day right before the show ended we did a show called the drug episode where we had to chronicle, like, the history of drugs, right, Ry? Yeah. And, like... Now Dave was, I don't know how much, you know, Dave's gone into his own history on the show, but, you know, Dave has always been producing television or uh, shows in some way, shape, or form ever since I've known him. 
Um, he's always either been making a show, making a pilot, talking about a new show, talking about two other shows he wants to make while we're making um, <laughs> the show we're making. You know, so it's, yeah, yeah. always been that. With all the success of being a professional waiter. <laughs> well, we actually, <laughs> show for it. Well, we actually do that with the podcast, too. We talk about the other podcasts that we could be making sometimes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Tell them about that but, dr- uh, the drug episode thing. That was funny. I was thinking uh, it was funny when Dave was making the TV show and when he first started getting into heavier drugs, that was when something that, you know, uh, we didn't really link up on together, but we still were totally tight friends and working together all the time. It was uh, it was amazing, his level of being able to do so much while still uh, going down that road. And it led me to think because about some stuff that because uh, Dave was saying maybe we talk about Prince and I wanted to tie that into Dave actually a bunch of ways because uh, one way was I was uh, became a Prince fan because of a funny story um, with Dave uh, me Dave and Todd who I'm sure has been a character brought up on the show before but uh, Todd we were all uh, tripping and uh, we ended up, it started raining, and we were, like, walking around the streets of New York. And tripping uh, we made our way back to Dave's uh, parents' apartment, and we started watching TV, and Purple Rain came on. And I had never seen Purple Rain. And uh, it was just the trippiest thing ever. Like, I couldn't figure out who was Prince. Like, is this real? Is this a fictional character? Is this his real life? Like, what is happening? You know, and uh, it tripped me out so hard into who is Prince that it led me uh, into becoming a real Prince fan and way down the uh, road into Prince stuff. And then uh, after Purple Rain ended, and I was really blown away by it, Joe versus the Volcano came on. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, with Tom Hanks, Hanks and, and Shelley Long. I thought Hanks, it was Meg Ryan. Was it Meg, was it, Meg Ryan? Was it Meg Ryan? It was Meg Ryan. Yeah, it was about like, uh, you know, the human sacrifice to save everyone, you know, satisfy the gods kind of thing, which was at the time seemed like super weird and we're tripping, so everything was like amplified and it was like, yeah, crazy. And then now with... Uh, Prince's death being tied in all this ritual sacrifice stuff. Yeah, right, right. Here we go. So, uh, Ryan is now. Out. Ryan has become. I, I became a, you know a drug addict and a sober person and all this stuff. Ryan became crazy into conspiracies, and I stress <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but it's also very, very interesting because Ryan is certain that Prince was assassinated. Is this true? Hello. Yeah. Is this true? Yes, it's true. Explain. I'm convinced of it that it's a, a, a sacrifice, ritual sacrifice, death. Yes. Well, why, what makes you think that? Um, well, the, the date, the timing, the, the symbols involved. Um, Here, lay it out. Basic, okay, I'll lay out the basic theory. Uh, so when this happened, it was actually just, it was six months ago. It just had, it was the six month anniversary. Uh, it was April 21st. It was also the same date 
as the Queen of England's 90th birthday, and the celebratory color was going to be purple for the birthday. So on the same day that Prince died, all of these monuments got lit up purple around the world for the Queen. And if you didn't know, Chris, Prince was really yes, into yes, purple. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> just so you know who you're talking Ryan, just so you know, Chris Chris is, is so up on this kind of stuff that when you talk about Prince, he thinks you're talking about the rock group Queen. He's like, oh, yeah, Prince was awesome with We Are the Champions. Just, just so we're, we're clear about this. Well, I thought Prince died of AIDS a long time ago for about... 20 years. No, well, about five years. Well, you thought it was Freddie Mercury. Yes. You thought Freddie oh, yeah. Mercury was when, the when prince died, in Queen. It was AIDS, flu, uh, five kinds of drugs, and everything else, you know. So All right. So, anyways, so, but I'm not, you know, that's what's the connection? So, everything's purple by a, a ritual sacrifice. So, Prince committed suicide, are you saying? No, I'm saying that he was most likely murdered. And, uh, yeah, uh, so at that, that time period, as far as, uh, you know, uh, ritualistic magic that goes back to, you know, ancient times or the royalty of the world and kings and queens have always used ritualistic magic to gain power in the world. Um, you know, this from the times of Babylon was, uh, the children the sacrifice of children to Baal or Baal or it's also known as Nimrod or, uh, you know, so, or Moloch or Moloch, you know, different pronunciations of this guy's name over time. But, uh, in the Bible it's talked about, you know, when they would sacrifice these children and putting on the burning hands of this golden calf, golden bull God, right? So, that's what it comes from. And where this time period of the year is this same time period. It goes from uh, April 19th to ending on May 1st, May Day, with uh, and a lot of pagan celebrations still are lined up to those days. So what was the purpose so then, of the prince sacrifice? What's that? What was the purpose of them killing prince? And who was them? Well, so, as far as the symbols there of a queen sacrificing her child or sacrificing ah. prince, uh, you have the symbols, the, t- every, the words in place, the timing is in place. Um, so then there's some really weird, super weird esoteric stuff around this particular year was there was on April 19th, that very first day <coughs> of this festival, 13-day festival season, it was announced that they were digitally printing and erecting new replicas of the original Temple of Baal in New York and Trafalgar Square in London. It was heralded as, uh, you know, a achievement of digital printing that they were going to be creating these replicas to the temples of these Babylonian gods. And they're putting them up on the same day as the original feasts to these gods, you know. And they kind of put up a front story that it was like an in-your-face to Isis, that, you know, Isis had gone and blown up these temples in real life, so 
we're going to rebuild them and show our, you know, superiority or technology or whatever. Yeah, but really, symbolically, it was putting up these temples to this Babylonian god. So they put those up. The one in New York got canceled from people protesting against it. <clears throat> and they still put up the one in London on the 19th. And they put that up. And then another weird coincidence or synchronicity is that in Trafalgar Square there, where they put it up, is this other big, giant tower monument, this, uh, the Nelson Monument. And, uh, and Prince's last and name was Prince's, Nelson. Prince's name is Prince Rogers Nelson. But why Prince? Uh, Wasn't Prince washed up at this point? Who cared about Prince? Well, Just- you would think that, but if you look at his singles from the year and a half leading up to this, it's the opposite. He put out, uh, and they're pretty much like calling out the industry in every way, shape, and form. One is like, when will we be paid? One is called The War, which is a 25-minute song about will you uh, accept a microchip in your neck or will you go with God kind of message in it. You know, it's pretty hardcore. Like, you know, But so who was, really cared about was, Prince? You know what I'm saying? That? I mean, it would be one thing to... Ki- the, the only thing that gets me is that he died in an elevator... And in Let's Go Crazy, he says, never going right. to let the elevator break us down. And he also had his clothes and, clothes and socks on backwards and reverse, which is bizarre. In the elf, uh, when he died? Himself. Couldn't that just be yeah. from confusion from too much Percocet? <laughs> but now here's my thing. So if he was supposedly this opiate addict, right, uh, you know, they're saying that he died of a self-administered, fentanyl, you know, overdose, fentanyl toxicity. Uh, Now, Dave, yeah, we used to play music, me and Dave used to play music together, and we would jam out when Dave started snorting heroin, you know. Dave never shot anything in front of me. He never, I never saw Dave shoot anything, you know. But uh, I saw Dave not out from just snorting heroin. But playing guitar, right now playing guitar, nodding out, you know? Uh, or that footage from two years ago where Bob Weir nods out on stage, just falls over, right? <laughs> you never see any footage of Prince even a little bit fucked up, you know? He's so on point That's true. all the time. And then all his associates always say they've never seen him do anything. You know, wouldn't he have been fucked up and, and someone seen him fucked up at some point not to yeah, mention it, it's it's beyond that it's when he How plays dance and yeah. perform and yeah. write endlessly I mean well look at Michael Jackson yeah. I mean he did forever he was everybody would say that his energy was like off the hook whenever he when he was doing it right before he died they said he was like going 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 you know going going gone going going so what, do you, a, what do you say about that Ryan that, that Michael Jackson showed the same kind of energy and he died the exact same way. Another ritualistic <laughs> sacrifice, perhaps? Well, he, you know, he was calling out Sony more than directly and straight calling them devils. And uh, Prince or Michael Jackson? Michael Jackson, now I'm talking about. So you think he was murdered too? And as far as Michael Jackson stuff, in the end, what happened, Michael Jackson's they uh, all the rights of the records and stuff just got reverted back or sold back or 
which was Michael Jackson's whole uh, power for so long that he had owned all that music. Hmm. And print and the aftermath of Prince's death has been uh, atrocious. You know, they say he had no will. The people who were supposed to be in charge of him having a will say he had no will. Um, uh, another interesting thing about the bow sacrifice uh, <clears throat> stuff. So when they would sacrifice the kids back in the Old Testament times, the part of the thing was, uh, one was cannibalism, but the second part was they had to keep the ashes in these little urns and stuff, and Prince was immediately cremated within 24 hours with no uh, extra investigations, and now they have his ashes in a little urn on display at Paisley Park for tourists already. Hmm. Where? I don't know much, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist. My understanding of conspiracy theory is Mel Gibson, basically, from the movie before. <laughs> However, I did recently read a conspiracy theory on the internet. I'm going to throw it out. Maybe you've heard of it. Is most is most of the stuff you're interested in has to do with like ritualistic stuff? Because this isn't under that. Yeah, a lot of it's music stuff. I keep trying to get Dave to read stuff by <laughs> this guy, Dave McGowan, who. Did a, he did a big expose on basically all the Laurel Canyon hippie bands. Oh. Yeah. Which, well, the one... Uh, for so example... Uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, one thing from, like, uh, one little piece of information from McGowan stuff that's pretty amazing is that uh, Jim Morrison's dad was the actual admiral of the fleet of the Gulf of Tonkin, the incident, false flag incident that started Vietnam. Yeah, I got no hmm. problem with that. My, 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 we have this conversation every couple of years. My, this is all I have to say. Jim Morrison wrote fucking Riders on the Storm and fucking, uh, what, Five to One and fucking yeah. Trade in Your Hours yeah. for a Handful of Dimes. I don't give a fuck if his father was the Admiral. I just think, like, sure, he had a I know, privilege. I, just, I really wish, uh, I know you'll you'll read it at some point. I just can't wait to hear your thoughts after you read McGowan's stuff. The thing about Ryan that really gets me most upset is that Ryan and I used to listen to the Beatles like finding the meaning of life. And somehow through all this conspiracy, Afrocentric fucking stuff, he's turned his back on the boys. <laughs> and he's well, well, Dave, Dave says this being the person who introduced me to the whalers and that whole line of thinking so of course but i'm just saying like you cannot deny the the i don't know like i feel like sometimes your theories turn their back on the individual's ability just to make great art you know and i believe that's true for that laurel canyon scene and for the beatles like that these people just could make great art even though their parents were politicians and military heroes and such but, uh, Chris, what is the conspiracy theory that you read? Oh, well, I was just, like, on the internet, you know what I mean, getting lost in crap. And um, not that conspiracy theories are all crap, but I have an open mind. But this one was, it was about a guy who was, like, a good father. He had a couple kids. He was married. Um, and I'm going to screw this all up because I just, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. But you, uh, since you're on the phone, on the horn here, like, you reminded me of it. But... He had written a couple books about uh, saying Bush 
intentionally basically did 9-11 and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so he'd written a couple of books about it, and he had some final newer book that he was going to write that was going to have some big, you know, he's going to expose all this stuff, and they found him dead in his place with a self-inflicted gunshot wound, His both his kid shot and his dog shot, and it was... Why'd a- they kill the dog? Oh, uh, yeah, I think I know who you mean. Uh, he actually made... Uh- didn't he make? He was a filmmaker, right? He made a very yes. He made a film. Know, yeah, he did it, too. It's a it's a it's a, like a fiction Hollywood style film as far as action goes, but it's a very realistic portrayal of what would happen if martial law comes to the U.S. and the government starts taking over everyone and busting into your house and shit like that. Yeah, well, the cons- the conspiracy is that, that the government had him killed. About, right? Yeah, it's that it's that yeah. guy. Yeah. Yes. There's a new one, uh, that, uh, that one, uh, I don't know a lot, but you're right, that is what happened. The whole guy's family was killed, and, uh, you know, uh, you know it, the, the, the movie is, I haven't seen, I saw the trailer, it is super intense. It's right. Most, uh, Do you yeah. think 9-11 was a conspiracy? Uh, Do you think the uh, U.S. took down the, the World Trade Center to, to rush in this homeland security thing so we can lose rights and stuff? I think it was also a you know, multi-level thing, and part of it was a massive esoteric ritual, magic ritual. You know that that was that. You know that that day is Ethiopian New Year. I didn't. Hmm. And Ethiopians is where Rastafari comes from. And Dave introduced you to the Whalers. Conspiracy. <laughs> the original home of all the all the religions. All right, Ryan. I love you. Uh, I want you to cook up some hardcore, scary conspiracy for next time. Wait, and if you want the Dopey Nation to read anything, what should they read? One thing. Uh, read uh, Dave McGowan's uh, Weird Scenes. It's called Weird Scenes uh, from Laurel Canyon. Okay. And, Ryan, you want to plug your band? Uh, no, because the new band is still... In the works and, and that'll out, break his anonymity. He doesn't, yeah, you, and you don't want anyone's because then they're going to come and kill you, and I'm going to have to talk about the conspiracy <laughs> of uh, of that ritualistic murder, which I would hate to hear about. Yeah. But I love you, and I'm glad I'm glad we got you on the thing. Me too. Thanks for having me on. And uh, if you're ever around, please uh, let me know, and we should do something soon. Definitely. All right, bud. All right, see you, Ryan. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. 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 What do you think? Conspiracy? He lost me. He got too deep into it. I couldn't follow his train of thought. It's all about this demonic it's stuff. Yeah, it's all ritual. Scary. And, and, Very know. frightening to think about. Mm. We could have fleshed that out a little bit more, but it gets a little confusing. I think with I conspiracy think theories... I think Ryan was a little bit stoned, too. He seemed like he was. <laughs> I think with conspiracy theories, something you see, and it's like people who are highly intelligent, have good cognition, is they... Almost like it's subject to confirmation bias where they make meaning out of things that there might not be meaning there. And there might be. And and no, and, and there might be, you know what I mean? And so the problem is also that they're really intelligent. So it's like you can find things and connect them and sort of create this elaborate story in your head, which might be right, but which might be totally, totally wrong. Probably more often the, you know, than not, the latter. Bottom line is I just thought that Dopey Nation... 
uh, some of the Dopey Nation would get a kick out of uh, ritualistic conspiracy. conspiracy. You know, what do you yeah. think? Yes or no? I liked it. It was too. He got too deep into it, though. I lost him yeah. for a minute there. But we gotta go. We gotta go. Do you want to read another email? Or we should no. Go? We gotta. We gotta. We, we gotta, gotta go. go. All right, uh, Dopey Nation, stay strong. Please drop us a review on iTunes. Thank you to everyone that has done it, so we can uh, keep doing our iTunes review of the week. And don't be afraid to, to write us an email because we will write back, and we love to hear from you. And uh, to all the people whose emails we haven't read, we're still getting to them. It's hard for us to read all of them now, but we're still getting to them. And we have several that we need to go back and read um, not in to the mention, forthcoming weeks. Not to mention to say that— And also, somebody emailed and said that uh, I was hot. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> they said that you sounded hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but, the, but the real point is that the more descriptive, funny— and dopey the email is, the more likely we read it. Yes. Straight up. Yeah. And Chris is, Chris, you know, I, I'm very hetero, but Chris isn't bad. You know, he might be on. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I got to lose a few pounds. No. Maybe 20 come pounds. Come on. Chris, come on. 190 is a good weight. I'm like 210 right now. All right. Stay strong, Dopey Nation. Our Gmail is dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Our email is dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. Stay strong. And have a good night. Toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good, so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had. And I wanna take a ride up in the sky. Watch this airplane just pass me by. And I wanna see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I wanna be good so bad. Wanna be so good, so bad, so bad. I wanna be good so bad. Bad desires, all I ever had.